Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hey everybody, welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about the great Guiana sisters. But before we do, Aaron, we got tons of feedback from last week. Uh-oh, okay, let's hear it. Um... First of all, we got some. We got some. I got a nice message from Life School over on the Lemon Amiga forum. Life School. Life School. That's the school I need to attend. Um, he said that uh, he said in a world which tears us in different directions at the same time. I forget to comment because as soon as I do, that's another diversion. Um, he's working on an Amiga documentary, and all right. his name appears under Paul Kitchings in the Amiga Years movie. Uh, so another Paul Kitching connection, um, and. He says, seriously, you guys say more for the Amiga now than ever. And I only wish stuff like this was around when I was going up, growing up. Um, he says, you guys keep the Amiga loyal with your gameplays and separate dissection of the game, which is unique on YouTube. So it's a nice format to keep. So he likes our, our format. We dissect them. Yeah. Um, we also got feedback from Lemon Tube Amiga. And he, uh, he said... Nightmare is a kids UK TV show from the late 80s based on guys being blue screened over a backdrop created on an Amiga. <laughs> hey, we're ripping them off. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's a flip screen adventure with the player blindfolded and the players had to shout commands for the, the, the guy. Now, I sent you a link of Nightmare on YouTube, an episode. Did you have a chance to check it out? No. Okay. Well, let me tell you about Nightmare. So, there's this guy. He's... um. He's like a knight, but he's a little bit creepy, and he's the host. All right. And there's a contestant, and he comes on, and he says, Hey, do you want to be a knight? And the kid's like, I'm Ben Crambert from Lincolnshire. And he says, Okay, do you have friends? And then he says, Yes. And then they all appear, and it's they're beamed in, you know, to this, this kind of looks like a, a royal dining room or something. So the, the, the host gives the kid a helmet. And it's kind of a little bit too big for him, like a diving helmet. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's big enough so he can see down. He can see directly down, but he can't see in front of him. And he turns him loose in this blue screen room. Okay? And his friends are back in mission control. And they say, like, okay. And there'll be, like, a riddle in the room. So, like, there's there's O-N-E-P. This is the first episode. And it spells open. So, But he has to pick up the, the letters. Or he has to walk over the letters in the correct order. So his friends are shouting, left, left, go up a little bit more. And so he, and eventually he walks over all the letters and it goes in. Each room is a different riddle. Meanwhile, the host is just kind of being like, you got to hurry up. Or, you know, he's doing stuff like that. And that's, that's the idea of the show. Huh. So. That doesn't sound too bad. It's not, it's, it's very, um, it's very of its day. So it's, the kid in the room just sees a big blue room the kid in the room sees nothing because he's got that helmet over his head oh he yeah. can't see anything and um but it's it's a lot like did you ever see nick arcade yeah it's a lot like that um but 
Check it out. You know what I'm thinking? How many friendships did this show destroy? <laughs> it's funny because the British children are always very polite. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no background music. So it's very odd compared to shows here where there's always some thumping beat behind it. It's dead silence and you hear the host being like, you better get going. And the kid going left, left, no, no, turn right. Now go a little bit forward. And so that's nightmare. Mm. Uh, we also got feedback from the other Paul Kitching uh, <laughs> on YouTube. He he said that, you know, he, he put his middle initial in the movie in Bedrooms to Billions to differentiate himself from the other Paul Kitching. Unfortunately, the other Paul Kitching also has the same middle initial. <laughs> so bad. So, uh, he said he's going to have a shirt made. Yeah, yeah. You suggested <laughs> forehead tattoos. I don't know if that'll fly. Most people have less real estate on their forehead <laughs> than I do. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to bring the two the two Pauls together. That's great. Uh, I couldn't believe that. What are the odds, right? Yeah. Same initial, right? Yeah. Um, we've got uh, some news this week. Uh, the first thing is the biggest news of all. We need you to vote in the Amiga Top 10 Listeners poll. Uh, we top 10 to... listeners? No, well, Top 10 games. It's the Top 10. <laughs> which of you? Listeners. Vote for yourself. <laughs> vote for Paul Kitchen. <laughs> I won't tell you which one. Um, so we need you to vote because coming up very soon, we're going to have a special episode where we go over our Top 10 favorite games on the Amiga for Aaron and I. And we also want to include your votes in the top 10 so um go to the i'll post a, it's a survey monkey link in the in the posting for this episode you can find it in the show notes um please go and vote we've got a lot of great response but we're i know there's based on the number of listeners the show gets there's a lot of you that haven't haven't taken the plunge yet and we want to hear from you absolutely uh let's see that's it for feedback this week uh what do you have for news this week there's a lot of crazy stuff this week uh First thing I saw, just right off the top, uh, the game we reviewed a while back, Banshee. You remember Banshee, the kind of neat shooting game? Yeah. Uh, it has been ported to the PC and or Mac. Really? Yeah. Uh, we'll stick a link up. Uh, I saw some stills. It looks pretty good. I think uh, it's for sale. I don't think it's a freebie. So, But, uh, hey, Banshee was a pretty fun game, and uh, uh, you're not going to see too many games like it. So... If you're into Banshee, you don't have an Amiga, you can give it a shot. Not too bad. Uh, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, modernized. I guess the resolution will be better and whatnot. Uh, so when I see a video of it, I'll, I'll let you know. But it just popped up on my radar. Um, there's a uh, there's a new look at some of the those Amiga 1200 cases that we talked about with the Kickstarter. Uh, Indie Retro News has put up some awesome pictures of them. Uh, various in various degrees of being made, uh, different colors. Mm -hmm. um, you know who's behind those renderings? I don't. Our own Paul Kitching. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was uh, talking to him on Facebook last night, and uh, he said that he's he's been working on that, and that's what's uh, that's what's been taking up a lot of his time. So well, that's good on you, Paul. For Paul for, is uh, he's a one man band. He is. He does it all. Uh, so. You know, these cases are going to be awesome. Yeah. But, and I have a 1200. Yeah, I might have to do something about it. I might have to get one. Maybe we can put your old 1200 case on on the 500 that is in a sorry state of repair. Yeah, where, right where's the 500 cases? He well, said he said that there are some things cooking. He didn't oh, give me any specifics. Oh, inside but, information, yeah. inside baseball. Okay. Yeah. that's that. Hey, that'd be great, wouldn't yeah, it? You know? Yeah. Um, this, a little bit out of, outside of our forte, but... 
It's so awesome. I had to stick it in here. Uh, the, the new uh, a new Amiga demo scene uh, project video has been put up. Uh, it's on YouTube. I'll link it up. It's called the uh, Chiberia Project Issue Five. Uh, just awesome Amiga goodness. You know, I think it's like an hour and forty-two minutes of new stuff, and it's I listen to it as much as my partner would let me hear at work before he decided to come and kill me. <laughs> Uh, but boy, I liked it, and you know you can't get wrong with the good music oh, yeah. and the demo stuff. So I thought that was a pretty slick thing. Um, we were talking about CD32 earlier, and this falls in line with that uh, in the pre-show. Uh, there's a new release uh, for the CD32. It's a uh, soccer football compilation. Since we just talked about sensible soccer a few weeks ago, uh, listen to this lineup. You've got. Uh, Sensible Soccer, Kickoff 2, Empire Soccer 94, Goal, Total Football, Sierra Soccer, Manchester United Europe, Wembley International Soccer, uh, FIFA. FIFA. Not like Barney Fife? No. FIFA International Soccer, Manchester United Premier League Champions, and Football Glory. That is many more soccer games than I knew existed for the Amiga. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is the uh, gray area uh, soccer compilations. Uh, you burn it yourself. You know, there you go. But that's a hefty amount of uh, soccer goodness. So oh, if you're yeah. into soccer, uh, there there you go. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that uh, uh, you and uh, that you have put up the video from you and Rob I don't think we mentioned that last time. I know we had just shot it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's something you want to check out. I listened to it today. And if you're into, like, uh, this is sort of like your history of, and you're in Rob's history of computers, right? right. I mean, right. We go over every single gaming console and computer that we ever owned. Um, we go all the way back to with Rob. His first computer was the TRS 80. And we take it all the way up to the N64 and the PlayStation. It was pretty interesting. I, I really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, oh. That reminds me, speaking of that, the uh, you guys talked about the CD32. We mentioned this briefly on the pre-show. Um, Rob was talking about that he had picked up a um, Amiga CD32 NTSC console, which I also have. And he was mentioning that it he thought having an NTSC console, he'd be good to go. But a lot of the stuff won't work on it because it was made for a PAL uh, CD32. There's a little hack, uh, which I put on mine. We'll put it in the show notes that uh, with a little bit of soldering and a little bit of guts, you can you can basically put a switch in the CD32 to make it think it's a PAL CD32, uh, and so and this will allow soft software that's not meant to run on NTSC CD32 to run on it. The only benefit is it will let this software be tricked. It doesn't give you any additional video benefits, but. Uh, it will allow you to let you run stuff that you couldn't run before. Once you get the, the software running, if you have a method to to put this on an NTSC screen that will emulate PAL or whatever, you can still do it. Or like that thing you talked about with the HDMI, you know, mm -hmm. the scar so, HDMI. So video. it's a pretty simple hack. Um, it's just I read it in a forum and tried it, and it worked. Apparently, it's based on an Amiga twelve hundred hack that does the same thing. A lot of people don't know that if you if you put a mouse in in the CD thirty two and in the, in the uh, I think it's 
joystick port two, mm-hmm. and turn it on and hold down both the mouse buttons. There's a secret menu in there, and it'll allow you to set up some different options. One of which is to set it the PAL or NTSC, but this still doesn't work on a lot of games. They'll still they that's not good enough, I guess. And it wants a hardware switch, and so that's what this little mod does. So. I shot Rob a little note about it, and uh, I don't know if anybody here would care. There's not that many NTSC CD32s out there, but if you've got one and you've ran into this problem, there's a solution for now, it. Now, you have a CD32, don't you? Correct. Now, tell me the story of this CD32, because when you bought it, it, it did not work, right? I coveted a CD32 for many years. I, it was my holy grail. And I finally found one I thought was a pretty good price, which was a little over $400 US, $450. And I got it home, I plugged it in, I was real fired up to play with it. And turned it on, and I got that cool screen, dun 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 Put the CD in, it came with some games, and it just, nothing happened. Mm. And I was like, what's going on? And I was getting no action with the CD-ROM, and I tried everything. I thought, well, maybe these games don't work. I burned my own copies, I got nothing. And so finally I said, listen, I, I contacted the person who sold it to me. I was like, listen, this is not working. You know, this, you know, what you sold me a dud. And she, she's like, listen, it was working when we put it in storage. I don't know what happened. I was like, listen, I've got to try to get this fixed. You know, I don't really want, I do want to keep it. I want to try to fix it. But I mean, I want to get something back. Can we just split the difference? She said she was cool with it. So she gave me back basically half my money. And then once I took it apart, I realized that the, uh, there's, there's one ribbon cable that comes from the CD to a, uh, to a connector. And the connector has zero, it's a zero insertion connector that has no, uh, it has no brace so basically there's nothing holding the cable mm-hmm. in except it's the tension of the cable mm-hmm. and it had popped out maybe in shipping mm-hmm. i don't know plugged it back in it worked fine after that so i guess in in essence i paid i got a really good deal on right. it right but i mean i had to take it apart and fool with it but yeah i performed the mod on mine to with with the pal ntsc switch i you know the funny thing is i did it it works i've never used it to be honest with you because i don't really have a pal output so and at the exact same time I got my Holy Grail, someone gave me an Amiga 1200. And so, Amiga 1200 with the with the uh, with the compact flash in it, sort kind of, of replaces that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't have to worry about the motor running running out. Yeah, we were talking about this in the pre-show. It's the problem with these old consoles that ran on CDs is that when you lose these uh, mechanisms, the uh, when the gears get stripped or whatever, you you can be very screwed. Uh, it happens on PlayStations a lot. I've got a 3DO, and that's one of the reasons I don't play with the 3DO that much, and the CD32 is another one. Another thing I've gotten I love, but I don't play with it much, is my Vectrix for the same reason. It's just, I, it's it's sad, but they're so old, I'm scared to death to fire this stuff up for any length of time because mm-hmm. I'm afraid they're going to blow up. Right. <laughs> you know, so right. that's part of the, that's, I think it's one of the reasons people just have their stuff sitting on their shelves because. It's like an old Atari 2600 or something. You flip that thing on, it, you could throw those things off a cliff and they'll still work. But mm-hmm. when you get in that seat, stuff with a lot of moving parts. And stuff that they didn't make in such great quantities, too. I mean, they're, yeah. we're never going to run out of 2600s, but right. Vectrexes. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. That's absolute fact. Um, on, the, on down the line on the news, uh, this is something. Uh, the 12th annual ComVex uh, convention, July 30th through 31st. At the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, I used to. That's where Classic Gaming Expo was in oh, 2003. Yeah? I was there. This is going to be. This is the Commodore Vegas Expo. Com Comvex. All right. right? Uh, it's going to have Amiga stuff there. It's the 35th anniversary of the Vic 20. 
Did you ever have a Vic? No, never had either. one. That's the, the the Shatner used to promote those, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he did. Um, the uh, it looks like it's gonna be a pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good deal. I've I've never been to one of these conventions of that size. I'm guessing it's gonna be a pretty. Deep. You think it'll be bigger than Richard than the uh, Classic Gaming Expo? Uh, no, no, you don't think so. I don't think so because the Classic Gaming Expo covers everything. Covers yeah, all genres. I suppose, and, I suppose you're right. So, but uh, you know, with the, at, at the Plaza, they've got a couple big rooms, and I'm sure it'll be a great time. Yeah. Um, finally, uh, there, I just came across this yesterday. Uh, there's a new game coming out uh, from a feller. Actually, I think it's out now. It's called Blocky Skies. <laughs> And it looks like Blocky Skies, but it's an, it's an Amiga game. runs on a plain Jane Amiga. Uh, I'll link it up. I haven't tried it, uh, but it might be fun. Uh, it got a lot of press. I saw, it on, I saw it on a lot of news sites. I was mm -hmm. like, well, this must be something. It's, <laughs> it's getting this much action. So might be fun. Give it a shot. Uh, but uh, any new Amiga stuff that comes out, why not give it a shot? And yeah. there's a lot more. I've noticed a lot. We don't usually report on stuff that's coming that's in uh, that is being made you know we've mentioned a few things but uh, there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline right now uh, that that uh, that homebrew or stuff that's getting ported I mean obviously I saw a ton of stuff so this this fall should be really awesome I, I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of good stuff yeah yeah uh, I've got a couple uh, new things there's a new book called Amiga in Pixels the Kickstarter just got released this thing is almost funded. I think it was only they, this guy wants thirty four thousand, and I think he has almost thirty thousand uh, in in funding. So it's looking pretty good. Uh, it's going to be a full color hardcover book uh, that uh, just looks beautiful. You know, it's it's similar layout to the retro game articles that we love. Mm -hmm. Except it's all focused on the Amiga. Um, he he had a book called uh, Commodore and Pixels or Sixty yeah. Four and Pixels that, that sold very well. So um, I heard a lot about this uh, this week, and uh, boy, it's a neat to see all these books and documentaries. How many books and documentaries have came out just since we've been doing this show? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It is. It and is. and uh, uh, I try to explain to my girlfriend what the show's about, and I'm like, "Yeah, we talk about this computer that came out in 1985," and she's like, "Why would anyone care about that?" And it's hard to explain, isn't it? Too. I mean, people care. I think they care now more than they've cared for you know <laughs> yeah. since nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Mean, it's amazing how mm -hmm. much is is it coming out of pipe. And I don't know. I don't know why now. I guess is it. Well, people are just you know. I think it's a mix of nostalgia and people like me who you know before we started the show, I didn't know hardly anything about the Amiga, and uh, you know people just get turned on to it and they realize what a unique system it really was. It was, and. and it's great for someone like me that's kind of I missed the glory days by a couple of years and so uh, it's neat to see all this stuff happen and it makes it uh, makes it a lot of fun yeah for sure yeah uh, another thing is uh, dune the Amiga game dune is, yeah has been ported to the PC I'll put a link in the show notes to that um, mm. it's uh, so if you want to play the Amiga game but you don't have an Amiga and <laughs> emulation isn't really your thing you can uh, just play the port on the PC. Did they never have a PC port of that originally which came out? I don't know. That's crazy. I, know. I remember that was... I I, I know of it. I, mm -hmm. I, I was not a fan of the books or the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but I heard the game was... It wasn't like a real-time strategy game or something like no, that? No, this is a adventure game. It, oh, it's an adventure game? Uh, I remember hearing a lot of people talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it was highly praised. Well, you know, 
now that I now that I say that, I'm not sure if it is or not. The screenshots that I've seen might come from cut screen scenes, and it might be you know kind of that. I sort mean, don't of hold deal. me to it. I'm not sure, but I mean, I I remember this game had it was very popular with mm-hmm. a lot of people that I knew. You know, right, thought it was really cool. So good for them. I I I guess there's not a company version either of the of that. Haven't seen it. Yeah, yet. haven't seen it. Um, we should take a look at Dune and play it sometime though. I bet it's good. Huh? I'll let you play that one. I'll just watch until I figure out what's going on. <laughs> Uh, and then the the last little bit of news I have is just uh, we mentioned this last week, but I wanted to bring it up one more time. Uh, the Amiga Ireland meetup. I even printed out the poster here. Uh, this nice. is this is July 9th at the Prince of Wales Hotel down in Athlone. Um, is that in the southern part of Ireland? I don't uh, I don't know. I don't even want to. So you just said that? Yeah, okay. it might be up in Athlone. <laughs> you know, I saw a. Uh, there's a really funny video about the Northern Ireland soccer team and the, the Republic of Ireland soccer team and the differences. And I don't know where I'm going with that, but it just made me think of that because they're moving on. So this is on July really 9th. Good, really good presser for this convention yeah. here. Bro. What are we talking about? This is um, <laughs> this is going to be on July 9th. It costs 10 bucks to get in. I'm sorry, not 10 bucks, 10 euros, but the euro and the dollar are pretty, pretty similar. Um, these are the things that you can do. There's, uh, you can. They're going to be playing demos on a projector. You listen to the music. Um, there's going to be speakers on games and applications. There's going to be speed run competitions. Uh, there's going to be a sensible world soccer and a kickoff competition. Door prizes. Uh, so uh, there's for lunch. You can either eat at the hotel, there's a Carvery lunch and tea, or you can go outside and eat. Um, but once again, this is the Amiga Ireland meetup. It's July 9th. They don't have the hours on here, so I'm not sure what time it starts. But Dust till dawn. Yeah, if you're if you're in the area, then, then, then go on over because this is the first one, and I'm sure that they want to have more than one. If someone goes to this, please send us a report. I mean, oh, yeah, Jarleth. Um, you know, I, you might, I, I don't know if you're behind this or if you're just helping out, but, you know, take some pictures of this thing because we want to promote it on the show after it's done to help get, you know, drum up interest for the second one. We might want to add it to our promotional tour of Europe and the uh, Far East. That's true. I know that we're headed that way pretty soon on the, on the first Is leg. It? Yeah. We go from Madrid to, uh. Right. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on with site <laughs> updates. Uh, once again, Dreamcatcher has been a crazy man typing at the keyboard. Um, there's just, here's just a few of the articles that he's done. Uh, there are some really obscene cheat codes in Amiga games. Yes, that was a great article. Uh, he's listed some of them. Uh, he's, you know, taken scans from magazines. He it's, explains why they're th- right. like that too, which that was, I'd never, it never occurred to me to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and there's a lot of things in there that I wouldn't have understood if he hadn't, if he hadn't explained it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are very easy to understand <laughs> if you're, if you're, um, but he also put a article up about some new Amiga magazines that have been scanned and also uh, something that's pretty funny because we're all about nostalgia here on Amigos because we're talking about it in an old computer system. And we're old. But he put some letters up of people complaining or talking about the good old days in Amiga magazines about the days that were before that. So, you <laughs> I know, seen that. remember back in the old Commodore 64 days when things were great and now everything <laughs> sucks with the Amiga. So it just goes to show that this sort of talk has been going on yeah. since the any time. Um, he's got a review up from the Top Banana, which is a game ported from the Acorn Archimedes to the Amiga, which was a rare occurrence. 
Uh, and finally, he's got an article about all the different strategies that game companies tried to come up with to prevent piracy. That's a tremendous article. I, I, I just loved it. Some of that stuff, uh, it floored me. And, and it, the, to give them credit, they tried. They tried everything that anyone could think of. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't work. No. <laughs> they tried. No. Uh, we also have some new Amigos Plays videos up on the site. Uh, we got me and Flack playing bu Buggy Boy. <laughs> uh, and Chad and I play Rambo 3, which I don't know if you've ever played. Have you ever played Rambo 3? I don't think I've played Rambo 3. There's a lot of wood-burning stoves in the Rambo 3 universe. I mean, this is wherever you go, there's like 20. It must be cold. Yeah, it must be cold in the jungles. Does he have a shirt on? Whatever tropical. No, he's, See, he's shirtless. That's because so. he's Rambo. <laughs> he needs a shirt. And then we also take a look at the port of Pac-Mania, which is surprisingly good. Yeah, I heard it was excellent. Yeah. I, I've not played it. Yeah. So those are some side updates. You can check everything out over at AmigosPodcast.com. Are you going to uh, mention your Atari stuff? Oh, yeah. So if you're into the Atari 8-bit at all... Uh, I'm going to be doing what I like to call the summer of Atari because since I'm a teacher, I'm out of school and I've got a little bit more time. I'm playing through a bunch of Atari games. Aaron joined me on some. I'm hoping to get Brent and Chad in on some videos. Um, I'm trying to release one a day and uh, and trying to work my way through, if not all the games on the system, some of the greatest hits. You know, I was listening to uh, another podcast earlier today. And they were these guys were killing. These were it was an Atari one of the Atari podcasts, and they were killing the Commodore. And there's always been that kind of war there, mm -hmm. you know. And I thought to myself, we are the olive branch of classic gaming because we both we both wasn't a big Amiga guy, but we both were, and he is now obviously he's an Amiga, but he was always a big Atari eight bit guy. Mm -hmm. And I sort of was into the Atari eight bit before the Amiga came around. And so they we really treasure both systems a lot. And so when he started doing these Atari, we had the idea to start doing these Atari games uh, on occasion. I thought, boy, that's just a nice trip down memory lane. You know, we don't, all we're doing is just playing them and recording a video of them. That's pretty much as far as we're going with it. But it's just, it's fun to play them both. And it's neat that they're, you know, that some of the games that, that the systems share uh, it's fun to you know it'll be fun to compare and contrast. So uh, I think it'll be kind of neat. We we we're kind of like a lot of old systems, really. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some, we could sit here. We, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think on the pre-show about uh, having a show where we just spun a big wheel and picked a random system and play it. There's not enough time today to play all the cool stuff on all the systems. Yeah. You know? And just I had an Amiga. I was pretty familiar with it. We had this show. And just out of doing the first, I don't know, what, what is this, 46th, 47th episode we're on now? I think this is 48. I found so many games I didn't know about, and we're just concentrating on one system. You know, and you know there's a myriad of systems oh, yeah. out there. So every time, I, every time I open up an emulator or something like that and I see all the games, like, I'd love to do Atari Lynx videos. I'd love to do Vectrix videos. There's just too many games out there. There are. There are. But who knows? Maybe next year it'll be the summer of Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the site updates for this week. Um, I think it's time to get to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, Aaron, I know you've done copious research on the great Guiana sisters. The only thing I'm going to say before I let you take off is just kind of introduce it. This is a game that was originally released in 87. Uh, came out on the Amiga in 88, developed by Time Warp Productions. 
and published by Rainbow Arts. Did you look at what Time Warp had done previous to this and after it? I have not. I'm, well, I'm, I'm guessing it's it's not an extensively long list. The words Jack Squat come to mind. <laughs> I looked over their extensive collection of games, and I, I and I held them here before me, <clears throat> and with the exception of Yana Sisters, I'd not heard of a one of these. Uh, not not a single one. So I'm guessing they were not a uh, a big. I mean, they had a, they had you know probably ten releases or so, but they weren't a huge deal. Uh, but and this game. This game is a freak game. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a it's an anomaly uh, of a game, which we'll get into. And there's a lot of stuff about this game that's out there that's just that you know is wrong. And then, but the, some of it's true. So, like Boat said, it was a game that was uh, it was it was developed by an outfit called Time Warp. Uh, this was by far their biggest success. Uh, it was published by Rainbow Arts. Uh, Rainbow Arts. Uh, We've covered them, uh, you know. We've covered them basically for our type is one of their games. They they've done. Oh, they did Turrican. They did Tur. Yeah, they yeah. did, and they did all the Turricans. Mm -hmm. Again, I looked over there, and of course we <laughs> looked over this once before. They don't have uh, what I would call a, a a top shelf list of games either. Uh, they were an outfit that was. <laughs> I thought this was interesting. They were absorbed by THQ in '99, which I think we mentioned that once before. <laughs> Um, one of the guys from it ended up going over to Blue Bite. And the only reason I even know about Blue Bite is because they made this really awesome tennis game that I used to play. Blue Bite. Blue Bite, yeah. Um, this outfit was out of Germany. Um, and they, like I said, they got sucked. So they, I guess they lingered around from 84 to 99. Wow. That's, so that's not a bad, that's not a they, bad run. They did, they did some DOS stuff, uh, in the, in the mix, uh, uh, for you know, obviously, I'd say their biggest success was the R Type or the Turricans, or this. I mean, this. If you could consider this a success, I guess it's still talked about. So I guess that that makes it a success. Um, the game was designed by uh, a couple people. With the, uh, one of the main designers was a, fair, a fellow named Armin Gessert. All right, uh, Mr. Gessert passed away in two thousand nine. Uh, he, him, a guy named Manfred Trins, and then Chris Hulsbeck, the sound genius. Mm -hmm. They were all worked. They all worked on on Gana Sisters. Uh, they they did it on the C sixty four first, so that was the that was the maiden voyage for the sisters. And then it got ported. <clears throat> I guess you could say it got ported to a few other machines. We'll go ahead and let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room here. <clears throat> if you've played Gana Sisters at all. Uh, it is a direct Mario clone, uh, Mar uh, Super Mario Brothers. This was the C64's Super Mario Brothers. Mm -hmm. That's why it's well known. Uh, they they admit that that's what they made it for. Uh, I read an interview, and it was no. They made no small. Uh, they made no claims otherwise. They were more than upfront about it. Um, the funny thing is, a lot of people think, that, like, when this game was released, it was a major success, right? Right across the board. Uh, re early reviews were good, That the people that got reviews out there. The the problem is, they, uh, Nintendo got wind of the game. Mm. And when that happened... They, they were usually pretty understanding when, when people tried to rip well, them off, right? <laughs> I mean, they weren't, they weren't litigious at all. The funny thing is, <laughs> I found... Now, this is something I... 
I dug around and found. Uh, I always, I've always heard that Nintendo sued them, and that they had to uh, cease production and take everything off the shelves. Okay, not entirely true. I found a uh, a blog by a guy named Toot Wiederman or mm. Wiedemann. All right, and he was the uh, development director, and at the time he he joined Rainbow Arts in '87, and he was the guy that came in and for his first assignment basically was to handle the press for the for Guiana sisters <clears throat> and this is taken directly from his blog we'll put a link up for it um there were three people leading the con the company uh mark ulrich founder uh bernard morell he was the in charge of production and this fellow here um uh, so when he joined the game was done, pretty much done. The only thing he had to do was QA and mastering, okay? So, according to him, he uh, he was doing some pre-advertising, uh, and they and he was, they had already done some pre-advertising. He was talking to, uh, giving an interview with a magazine. It was a German magazine, which I'm not familiar with this magazine. It's called ASM. It was a popular German games magazine at the time. Uh, off the record, he talked to the guy interviewing him, and uh, he told him uh, what a big fan that Manfred and Thomas were of Mario Brothers on, this, on the Nintendo NES. And the writer asked him, so basically, Guiana Sisters is a clone of Mario then. And this guy said, yeah, but. And by, before he could say but, he realized he'd screwed up. Right. And so <laughs> what ended up happening was, uh, <laughs> yeah, the issue came into print. And the cover was Gianna Sisters with the line Toot Weedman. Gianna Sisters is a clone of Mario. That's what was the that was the quote. So that was the introduction. Yes. Too. So uh, check this out. This is what I really like. So they put legal in charge and forced the magazine to stop the printing presses. Wow. Destroy the issue and reprint. It was the first issue of ASM not to appear on time. Wow. I wonder if any of those issues uh, still exist. <laughs> Probably not. So anyway, a Brit a British distributor called it was U.S. Gold booked <laughs> booked US ad Gold, baby. they booked ads with huge screenshot and the tagline Ghana Sisters moving over brothers <laughs> or move over brothers basically, <laughs> and it it was a big deal mm -hmm. and that's when Nintendo got word again this is according to this fellow's blog until then they pretty much ignored the game because it didn't hurt them but now uh, that they'd screwed with the Mario IP I didn't like that. It said, uh, he says, it just took a few days until an armada, like six or seven lawyers in black suits, suitcases, and ties were into their office, shut down sales permanently worldwide. <laughs> wow. Now, get this. This is something I thought was really interesting. So, uh, Nintendo, according to this fella, they're a Japanese company. They never forget what you did. And so, when the console market exploded, Rainbow Arts was denied the ability to publish on the Super Nintendo. They wouldn't let them do it. <laughs> so, I wonder. I guess that's well. Didn't um, maybe Super Turrican came out on a you know under another another publisher? Well, I know Super Turrican was not the Genesis. Did it ever come out? And then yeah, Super Nintendo. Yeah. I can't remember. So that's Super Turrican. Well, they, that was they probably they probably didn't. Red March must not have put it on there because this guy yeah. said. Uh, now, the funny thing is, uh, later on when when Yana Sisters was released for the iOS and a few little platforms. They, they, the credits never had Rainbow Arts on them, and and uh, the guys that were involved in the game, Armin and the other guys, they never had their names put into credits because they didn't want Nintendo to get the, get wind of their names being involved. 
So I thought that was kind of cool. My question is, whatever happened to Toot Wiederman? Toot Wiederman, I think he works for, uh, uh, what's the outfit out of France? Uh, not not Bethesda, the, uh, the oh, Ray, Ubisoft. Ray, Ubisoft. I think he mm-hmm. works for them now. I looked it up. The funny thing is, uh, Rainbow Arts was, was bought by Ubisoft. Maybe that's where he works, Ubisoft, mm-hmm. in 2001. So... Not bad. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they lasted for a while too. So, indirectly, Ghana Sisters prevented these guys from even being able to publish on the Super Nintendo. That's unbelievable. You know, which is which is weird. <coughs> um, another oddity about the game, <laughs> this is something else people notice, is when you uh, when you start the game, it the screen scrolls, and you see the great Ghana Sisters scroll across. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the name on the screen is spelled differently than it is on the box. Hmm. If you look at the at the, at the game, it's two ends in Yana. That's because the people in the that made the boxes, so they screwed up, and so that was easier just to change the name of the game, effectively. Right. And so that's <laughs> another wacky thing. <laughs> you know? That's not the first time that's happened, though. Like, think about Shadow of the Beast. The, the title screen just says Beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... Again, the guys that made this were really big fans of Mario. So they just thought they'd make the, they literally from the ground up, this was a clone. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to me because we've seen it, we've talked about this before about doing a show of just clones. You see tons and tons of clones. Why do some clones, this is the second full on clone that we've done that was majorly popular on the Amiga. Deluxe Galaga is the other one. And that was expanded for the good, right? Mm-hmm. This one, you. You know, jury's still out. Uh, it's funny that two, because I, I come from the Coco, where clones are a dime a dozen, and none of them were that big a deal, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like people still talk about them. Right. Well, well the, probably the, the biggest, there's Guiana Sisters and there's Casey Munchkin on the Odyssey 2. Casey Munchkin. Those are, those are the two most famous clone games because they're the two that brought, legal action was brought against yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway... I guess we should describe the game a little bit for people that are, have never played Super Mario. Uh, the premise of the game is you're uh, one of the Yana sisters. Your your sister has is fallen asleep, basically, is having a nightmare, and you got to go in and basically knock go through 32 levels of this game in the efforts to wake her up. That's basically the game. Uh, the game you're you jump, you jump by pushing up your favorite. You uh, use the fire button to uh, shoot a ball, and when you get it. Uh, the game has power-ups like Mario. They have... Uh, you get uh, your your what we consider big Mario. It gives you the ability to break blocks. Yeah, uh, um, that's, that's punk. That's what she becomes a punk. That's right. what the thing says. Right, right, right. That is kind of a glowing orb. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to shoot the ball, that's represented by a lightning bolt. And then there's a further power up. Double lightning bolt. Yeah, and that gives your ball uh, an additional bounce. Uh, It will bounce all over the screen. I allow Mr. Do. Right. That's what we were were reminded of. Um, One thing that makes the power ups different than Super Mario Brothers is that in Super Mario Brothers, when you are super, when you're big, uh, you can take an extra hit before you die. But in Guiana Sisters, no matter what stage of the power up game you're in, one hit will kill you. Right. There's also a clock. That you can get, which will give you additional time. This this game has real tight time mm-hmm. restraints, uh, so you have to haul butt to get through it. Um, and there's also a thing which I don't, I never saw this, but I read about it. A water drop, which means 
she can't be hurt by fire. And then there are strawberries uh, as well, which give you homing projectiles. It makes your ball home home in on the bad guys. Um, like we said, there are 32 stages. Is that a Damon Wayans power-up? Homing? No. Oh. Horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> in any country, that's horrible. Um, there are 32 stages in the game. Uh, this game has warp, uh, I don't want to say areas. They're more like you you jump up and whack a block and you can move and you can warp. I found one purely by accident and warped to like, I think it was level six. Um, there's also like Mario, there's stuff above ground then there's stuff in the sewer mm -hmm. or in the pipes or whatever. Uh, and uh, you get to the end of levels, they're usually they're in, always in the pipes and you fight an end boss. The end bosses I saw were um, that ant-looking spider thing. Mm -hmm. He appears like a four or five, four times, I think. And then there's a, uh, I don't know if it's a dragon or a pterodactyl-looking gimmick. He appears about the same amount of times. Uh, so I think there's, and then there's a, a main end boss. I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was the pterodactyl again, to be honest with you. The end bosses... It's much like Mario, where you basically destroy that turtle over and over. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Right. Um, kill these guys. You're collecting uh, little diamonds. When you get 100 of those, that's the coins in the game. You, you'll get an extra life. Um, it's pretty straight-up rip-off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you're watching the video podcast, or the video now, uh, you can see it playing above us, and it is... Uh, you, would th you would not... You, you have to look twice to think that that wasn't Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, the bad guys are owls, rolling eyeballs, uh, bugs, and fish. <laughs> that's, 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 that's basically what it is. There's disintegrating bridges. Mm -hmm. There's pipes with fly, fire. I guess they're pipes, smokestacks. They look a little bit different than Mario's. Yeah. They have fire coming out of them. Basically, if you took Mario and got rid of this ability to run faster once mm -hmm. that eliminates some stuff mm -hmm. and then just made wacky levels that like one thing about mario what made mario great this a lot of things but one of the main things was level design right mm -hmm. all the mario games have brilliant level design mm -hmm. i would call the level design in this mediocre bordering on uh, sadistic because uh, jumping around with with this chick is a real tough proposition when the going gets tough you're very floaty yeah very it is floaty. it is brutal um to try to jump around um the uh the game is beatable you know but not by someone like myself mm -hmm. and i i've beaten the original super mario Bros. i think i'm a decent hand at it but i had to go with the boat on this one the up for jump is it's a pain yeah you know and this one this one could really not use that the good thing about it, playing this on an emulator, you can program your fire button number two to be your jump button. Mm -hmm. You probably do yourself a world of good. The the game that I would most compare this game to is actually not Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah? uh, the game that I would most compare this to is the first Super Mario Brothers game on the Game Boy, the original Black oh, yeah. Game Boy, called Super Mario Land. Um, that game was more uh it definitely wasn't as technologically challenging uh as 
you know, the original Super Mario Brothers. And one of the reasons why is because in Super Mario Brothers, one of the big mechanics is using the shells of the Koopas, of the turtles. You know, you stomp on it and then you kick that shell and it knocks off some enemies. Well, there's no physics like that in this game. You know, an yeah. enemy is either alive or dead. And that's the way it is in the first, in Super Mario Land. Um, the way that enemies die in this game is very similar. And also the way that you complete a level where you have kind of, it looks like you're walking into a cave. Yeah. That, that mechanic is also in the first, in, in Super Mario Land. I will say, to, I don't want to sound like we're killing this game. If I remember the thing I liked about it was a lot like this. The same thing I liked about Turrican Two. You can you're exploring this world. It's a it's a, it's fun. It's a level of freedom that you one didn't often get on a on a uh, a computer game of this era where you can just run around and. You know, it's it platforming fun. I mean, as a platformer of this era, only like how would you put this? How would you have this thing against, say, like Super Frog? Where would you put this in that area? Well, this is a C sixty four port, right? So you have to remember that first and foremost. So it's it's not going to look as good. I'm talking um, just playability. But playability, I think it probably plays about as well as Super Frog, but Super Frog definitely looks better. It had more personality, yeah, better the, sound. Yeah, the levels. Oh, that's a whole other story there. <laughs> the le these levels are very linear. You're moving from left to right yeah. in every level. That's true. Um, Super Frog has a lot more vertical scrolling. Yes. Um, again, this thing debuted on the uh, on the 64. It actually, again, we talked about the ports of it. The ports, it's kind of wacky because again it got removed from stores uh, so uh, it was it there was a planned port for the zx spectrum that was done and i guess it exists out there i've not seen that one but it was reviewed in magazines before it was removed for the same reason um there there was in 93 a dutch guy a uh, dutch outfit named sunrise released a version of this on the msx um uh, the game also has been cloned on a bunch of systems now: Windows, DOS, Linux, Mac. You know, you know, Amiga OS four, uh, a lot of the wackier OSs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an unofficial clone of the C sixty four version that was made for the DS as well, and then there were the mobile versions we mentioned earlier. Uh, the uh, there was a C sixty four version that was released. There was the obviously the Amiga version, and there was a Atari ST version. <coughs> I had a look at all three of them. They're all, the Commodore 64 version and the Amiga version are pretty similar. The title screen on the Amiga looks, of the three, the title screen's way, way better on the Amiga. The, the C64 one looks, eh, it's not nearly as good. And the ST one looks like kind of a crap version of the Amiga. The C64 version plays a lot like the Amiga, just from looking at it. Mm -hmm. It looks, like I said, it looks pretty similar. The Atari version, I wanted to mention this because this is wacky. Uh, the Atari ST... Apparently had no hardware scrolling. I just I didn't know that. I don't have an SD, but I read it. Uh, and so when you when you play this game, it's a it, it's a flip screen. Yeah, it's a push. Scroll. Did you see that? Well, I've heard that a lot of platformers on the ST are like that. Wacky. Uh, and apparently could that was just from what I was able to ascertain from just looking this information up on this, it was strictly just being lazy. Mm -hmm. uh, a fellow. Uh, I was in a, looking at a forum, getting information, and a fellow uh, a couple years ago just rewrote some of the code to make it scroll. Wow! And it works great. <laughs> they say it works perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, the one another thing I noticed on the ST version is the Amiga version and the Commodore sixty four version. When it on the title screen, you get when Gyan Sisters scrolls, mm -hmm. it just kind of scrolls at a real leisurely yeah. pace. 
The ST version goes, I mean, just rockets by. It's mm. as fast as you can imagine. I don't know why. I don't know why that would be either. I don't know what the point of going that fast. You can't really see what it says. It goes so fast. Blast processing. Yeah. Except they couldn't scroll the screen. Right? <laughs> uh, the uh, We should talk about the music. The music on this game is a big deal. Uh, the uh, uh, It was praised by everybody when it came out. And uh, Hulsbeck... Again, we've talked about this guy before. He's done a bunch of good games. The Turrican's Turrican Two. Um, this is, a, I mean, according to everything I've read, this is one of the most popular, most well-covered soundtracks of all time. I mean, and from a video game, I found. <coughs> excuse me, I found videos of this music being played by orchestras, a uh, couple orchestras. Uh, there's a concert album where this was played, and you can still get it through Amazon. Um, so the <laughs> I, the funny thing is, and I saw tons of people playing piano versions of the opening scenes. Really? And what I didn't understand was, like, I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't think the music was that good. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Now I I I played the or I watched the Commodore version, and it has a different opening, and the music I think is much better. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing. The C64 versions, where all the music was popularized. The Amiga, I didn't think was very good at all. Yeah, I It was mean, nowhere in the same stratosphere as, say, a Turrican 2. I don't want to say that the music wasn't good. I think the music was fine. It just wasn't... It wasn't Turrican 2, and that's what we've come to expect from our friend Chris. Um, the... It's got kind of a reggae feel. Um, it's... It's not that memorable. I, I thought mean, it was. I, I honestly, I'm going to disagree with this. I don't think it's good music. You don't I, think it's good at all? I think okay. it's also sparse. Yeah, yeah. It's real. Now maybe we just didn't hear some of the better tracks, mm-hmm. but I just it didn't do it for me. Yeah. I thought the opening song was okay, but I mean the C64 one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know. Again, everyone's got an opinion on what they think's are right. It didn't do it for me. I, I'm guessing that the C64 version is the one that's the much hullabaloo soundtrack. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, uh, when we know we know Uzbek can can put together some good tracks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that, and I don't want to sit here and condemn the thing because I haven't heard every possible piece of music of it. But the stuff I heard, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, overall, your impressions of of the game. I mean, oh. Uh, to where, be honest with you, fall? it falls on the better end of the platforming games that we played on the Amiga. Really? I could see myself playing this much more than I could say Zool, <laughs> much more than Lionheart, um, because and I think it just has to do with you know what I grew up playing, and this game plays like games that I grew up playing. Mm-hmm. Um, the up to jump sucks, but you can get around that with remapping your controls. Um, I like the, you know, even though it, it clearly is an homage to, to Mario, the, there's difference in, you know, there, there's different levels and everything. I don't like the way that you die with one hit every time. I think in a platforming game, it needs to be a little bit more forgiving. If I could change one mechanic of the game, I guess I would change that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, you know, I would give it a, I'd give it a solid B overall as a game. Mm. Did you know that there was an unofficial sequel to this? No. Uh, after they released uh, Guyana Sisters, a sequel was planned, and it was announced, in fact. It was called Guyana 2, Arthur and Martha in Future World. Right? Who are Arthur and Martha? I guess those are the Guyana Sisters. Right? Arthur? 
Arthur. A R T H E R. Like the king. I, I think his name is you are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they were afraid of a reboot from Nintendo, as in reboot to the butt. <laughs> so they changed it to a. What they should have done is taken a Japanese game and filled it with Yana sprites and then released it. <laughs> well, there were hacks with this where they would replace Yana with Mario. Oh, I'm sure yeah. there were. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they they retooled this game and released it. It's called Hard and Heavy. Now I haven't played it. I watched some video. What a terrible name for a game. Well, the, I will say the music for it, I like the opening screen music was good, and the game is, it looks interesting. It's it's, it's Mario and Metroid combined, okay. basically. It's like you have different that. weapons. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I didn't play it, uh, and I don't know how well received it was. I mean, it's not something I saw a lot of people talking about. Mm -hmm. um, again, they released an unofficial version uh, for the DS. Uh, actually, it was a, this was an official version. Apparently, I don't know how that could happen. Actually, it's a recreation. It's amazing to me that they let that go out in the DS. I think I think Nintendo might have. It's a lot of water under the bridge. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. Of course, so we mentioned the other unofficial versions. Now, the, the kind of interesting thing is, uh, I talked to Bud about this last week. I, I I get a lot of stuff off Steam, and it was a game out there earlier in this or was that late last year that was in a bundle, and it was called Giana Sisters: Twisted Dreams. I uh, I remembered Giana Sisters, obviously having an Amiga, and I ended up picking it up, and uh, I think it came out in 2012. I found out later it was part of a Kickstarter, to, uh, and the Kickstarter was neat. They actually let the, let the fans vote on the name of the game. They voted on a bunch of different stuff from the game. Well, the fans did well. The game got funded, and the game is actually way awesome. I'll have to say it's it's a sort of a puzzly uh, platformer. Uh, the gimmick in this one is... It's sort of like, remember that shooting game where, like, you hit a button and your ship goes from black to white? Mm-hmm. I can't, it was a very popular game. I can't, the name, Kasarugi uh, or no, Ikaruga. Yeah. It's the Ikaruga of platforming games. You hit you hit a button and your Giana sister goes from, like, punk to good. From Arthur to Maybell or No, whatever. it's the one girl. Oh, okay. You're still trying to rescue your sister again, but she goes from nice to... Punky. Well, you know what's funny is when you play a two-player game, as we did, you're definitely playing two different yeah, girls. Yeah, I know. So. Well, th in this one, you're going out to get your sister. Okay. And so when she's the world, when you change and you change on the fly, like mm -hmm. you can just go, burr, 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 and the whole world changes. I mean, it'll, it gets darker. The sun drops real quick. The you know, different and, and but it, when when that happens, different things become available to you. That's interesting. Different powers, different items you couldn't get to before. Mm -hmm. It is really neat. Same fellow did the music, and the music in this is outstanding. I love the music in Twisted Dreams. I, I revisited this week, and it's great. So, I recommend this. If you're a Giana Sisters fan from way back, I mean, it's obviously not a Mario clone. They took and made a game out of it, but I mean, it's a good game. Who'd have thunk it, right? right. I, I mean, of all the weird properties to carry on all these years. Now, I've read that there's a new game out. I think it came out last year. Um, it's called, uh, let me see here, Dream Runners. All right? It came out in the PS4 and the Xbox One and the PC. Uh, it didn't do very well. Apparently, mm. it wasn't well received. Twisted Dreams was very well received. So, we don't know if we're gonna, if there's going to be any more Giana Sisters or not. But uh, they did get one really good game out of the mix. And two, if you count this one. I don't hate this game. I'm kind of like you. I don't know if I'd go B on it. Maybe I would say a C 
I mean, maybe a C plus. It's it's not it's by far not the worst thing I've played, platform wise, but it just it's a clone. This strikes me as just another clone. Well, yeah, but if if you if you remove yourself from the fact that it is a clone of Super Mario Brothers and you judge it on its own merits, it's a good game. It's hard to do that though. If I came up to you and said, "Listen, boat, this is called well, it's Monkey like King." And you've never heard of Donkey Kong? It's still I'm still ripping somebody off, man. Well, it's not, but it's not, it's not like that because all those Monkey King games replicated the levels exactly. These aren't exact replications of the levels. Well, you're right, but I, it loses. I mean, in that it's area. just like Lionheart. If you came up and told me this is the same as a steaming pile of crap, then I'd be like, oh, okay, but. I'm gonna go find those guys from Italian, and, and, and we're all gonna beat you behind. I tell you, it's gonna happen. Um, I looked this up on eBay. Guess what? By the way, we should have mentioned this is probably one of the rarest Amiga games of all time. Well, it makes sense because it was removed from the shelves. And as rare as it is, mm -hmm. I have found a place where you can procure a copy boat right now. Really? Yes, sir. You send your money to France. There's a fellow there that will take care of you. He sold one last. Sometime in the last cycle of eBay sales, I think it was like March, he sold one for two hundred thirty-six fifty mm. U.S. dollars. That's that's not as much as I thought. Well, there's currently one for sale right now, boxed. Say, I'm, it's in France. I'm assuming it's the same guy. Mm -hmm. Best offer, but he's asking six thirty-eight fifty-nine mm. U.S. dollars. So that's pretty much what you're going to be paying. You're going to be paying whatever they want. Because there ain't. This is the only guy selling. Them. I saw one guy selling some discs. I think they're ST discs, mm -hmm. and they were going for like in the forties. At that, uh, so if you've got this, you've got quite a treasure. Because these were not, uh, these were not made and left out for very long. Yeah. But I mean, it did sell great when it. It was as far as I could tell it was the best selling game they had. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, the fact that it wasn't on the. Wasn't well, you got to think long. about it. in nineteen eighty seven. That was really the the first year that Nintendo took over the world. That was the year that it really broke through. And people that did not have a Nintendo were clamoring for anything that could that could give them that Super Mario Brothers like feeling. I I will say, and I remember when this came out, I uh I thought, okay, this is my Super Mario. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much what most people thought, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't. It was something I mean, I came from the Coco, the color computer, uh, there was a dragon over there. And we got all, all we got were clones, and some were better and some were worse, but most of the time they were worse. And this is, you know, this is one of those. It's not quite as good, yeah, but you know, it's not too bad. Uh, so, anything you want to add on that? That's about all the feelings that I have about Guiana Sisters. I, I was glad to finally play it because I never played it. You know, I never had a C sixty four, so I was glad to check it out. And it's a, it's interesting that it never came out on the Atari eight bits. Um, isn't that, Do you think they could do it on the AIDS? Well, you know, I always felt like the C64 and the Atari XL and XE systems were pretty comparable. Um, I know that over on Atari Age, there's uh, they're actually recreating Super Mario Brothers on the Atari 8-bit. So I think it was it was technically feasible. Maybe uh, just yeah, I don't know why. And of course, it's just like how the C64 it tended to get a lot of games or the. Like King's Quest, it was on C64, but I think it was on Apple too. But we never got that on the Atari 8-bit either. Mm -hmm. So strange. Yeah, strange. Yeah. But yeah, it it's definitely a game that's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. It's certainly important to the Amiga. 
Not so much the ST, and very, very important for the uh, C64. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors uh, this week. Uh, we've got Tom Treff, Jonas Rulo, Cole Bjorn Barman, Mark McDonald, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Thank you for supporting the Amigos. If you'd like to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash Amigos podcast and help keep all this Amiga goodness flowing. And thank you for not singing those this week. Oh, that'll be, that. Next week it'll be back. I'm working on a new tune. Um, so next week, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to play. I can't remember. So we're going to look it up real quick. Live on the air. Talk to the audience about something, Aaron. You know, I uh, I really want one of these Vampire 2 cards for the Amiga 1200. So if anyone out there knows anybody working on that project, get them, kickstart them in hind and get that going. I will pay money. I will pay big dollars for one of these things. Because I keep reading about what they're doing in the 600, and it looks like, it just amazes me that these guys are multitasking uh mp3s and and they're and they're running video uh in a window it's baffling to me so yes please i i implore you to find out where these fellas are and send them to the amigos <laughs> you're in luck aaron yes next sir. week we're going to play one of the greatest games ever for the amiga okay we is it gonna, a soccer game we are going to play <laughs> rise of the robots oh <laughs> wow whose idiot suggestion was that <laughs> the it fans was mine i know but i'm the one to oh yeah you, yeah you you see now uh amigos fans we are going to do something a little bit different uh we are going to open up this poll to all of our listeners because we want to get as many votes as we can so uh on the show notes, we're going to have a link to a Google uh, Google form that's a survey, and uh, we've nominated four games for next week. Those games are Jaguar XJ220, Three Stooges, Super Stardust, and Summer Games. So those will be the four choices for next All week. All winners. Yeah, and um, so unlike. <laughs> Unlike what we're going to be Rise of the Robots. <laughs> so uh, if you want to, uh, we we like it if you if you voted because we want to we want to review the games that you want to see, and um, also uh, stay tuned for that special uh, episode next week is our official fiftieth episode. Before when I said this was episode forty nine, it was all right forty eight. It's actually forty nine. So next week next the week is fifty. Time. So fifty will be you know we wanted to make it special so that's why rise of the robots that's the one uh. <laughs> but we're going to do a special uh, uh episode apart from episode 50 that will be our our top 10 list It'll be 50a i'm going to leave the polls open for a couple couple more days so if you haven't voted for your top 10 games yet please do that how's the response has been so far bro? we've we've got you know there's there there's how many hundreds of responses that we have we haven't quite reached 100 yet okay but we're we're on our way and um, it's been real interesting for me figuring out how to actually do this with the numbers because I've had to figure out how to take responses. And I'm not sure if I'm doing it right, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> but we're going to have a top 10 list that is based on your responses. Um, I think, what else are we going to talk about? you have anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it, man. I think All right. things put, put it to bed. All right.